Thank you, Samantha. If you can go just a little bit more with that. There you go. We have a crew. Thank you, Samantha Abelson, for, for, working, uh, for working the light and camera today. So soon, we are going to have a whole crew, and we are going to be able to, um, to open with music every show live. We're going to have so many people working here, we're not going to know all of their names. <laughs> well, but I know your name. This is Louise Palanker, and that was Steve Postel who opened up the show. We're going to so have a good. lot more Steve. Oh, he's that was so good. I love his voice. I know. He's got the voice of an angel. Steve was in Pure Prairie League. I mean, fuck it. that's how I met him. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but we go back so many years. I'm too young to go back that many years. No, I I don't care about that stuff. But anyway, I, I want to get um, do a little business before we start, but it's really a pleasure to do this business because, um, and I want to say hi to Rick Smokey, who's out there. Rick sponsors The Road Taken. And he uh, all hold things up. Yes, he is like a printer extraordinaire. He's made all my all my stuff front and back, and front and front, front and back, back. On, on everything. And um, and and the, the best thing about Quick Impressions in Chicago and Rick Smolke is that it's the people they are. It's not just the work they do mm -hmm. and the fact that they're really nice to deal with, but they they really they're philanthropic. I mean, he is the most charitable person on the face of the earth. He supplied free swag to women who write for mm -hmm. years because yeah. he supported what we did. And he's just a really good guy. And so if you need anything done, any printing needs, you just this can't do better than This is the best part because women who write, there's a lot of crying. <laughs> well, and you know how sobbing. Do you know how this happened? Because when Mackenzie Phillips came, Mackenzie Phillips came to read for us. Mm -hmm. She read that book about you know her yeah. relationship with her father, her and is, we were all yeah. crying. And somebody screamed out, "Can Rick make us tissue boxes?" <laughs> and he did. Genius. So there's like nothing. He is genius. So there's nothing that you can want that Rick can't accomplish. He's got my book cover. I want a back. pony. I want, <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, with well, my logo. <laughs> you don't. There'll be a pony. <laughs> Don't be a pony with your logo before you spit from Rick. And, and also, I want to say a big thank you to our other sponsor, Nicole Venables, who, Ruby Begonia Salon, does my hair. And um, she's a fabulous coiffer, and she does a lot of TV shows, the people on the TV shows and on movie sets. And she's really just another just wonderful, lovely woman. And I want to give a shout out to Laura Goldfarb, who is my feather goddess. I got three new pairs of feather earrings, which I'm very excited about. Hi, Laura. I didn't even tell her I was going to do that. I just want to say thank you because I love them. I love you. Um, so it's Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Vicki. How was your New Year's Eve? It was great. I was with family in Santa Barbara. Which... And family, and it was great. That's, yes. that's really good. It's my brother-in-law's birthday on New Year's oh, Eve. Oh, nice. So that's an annual event. Yeah. His birthday is the same date every year. Is that really true? It, <laughs> She tries to look throw, it up. She tries to throw me, and because I'm hashtag blonde, sometimes <laughs> sometimes it works. But I'm actually not really hashtag blonde, so I'm not really blonde. So sometimes I figure it out before I look like an idiot. But well, I'm blonde and a drummer, so there's not a lot of hope. <laughs> so um, so for those of you who don't know, Louise started Premier Radio and also is a documentarian who did uh, the Castles of the Family. The fam 
Family Band, The Cow Cell Story. Thank you. And it's an incredible documentary. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it highly. It's amazing. And Louise has her own podcast, Things I Found Online. Yes. Which is on, on uh, live on Tuesdays. And, um, and uh, you can watch the replays or listen to it. On uh, iTunes? iTunes and SoundCloud. Louise and my co-hosts are Joe Cipriano, who's the top voiceover guy in the world. Wow. And Kairos, Larry Morgan. Well, there you go. And we... We're radio guys exploring the internet and being confused by it. <laughs> Having it explained to us by people Samantha's age. I, I like that very much. And, uh, and, and, and you noticed that it took Samantha to get the orientation. And by the oh, way, I want to apologize for us starting late. She was unrattled by it. That, and that's the thing. She's totally unfazed, so totally calm. cool. I'm like a, a, a lunatic going insane. And the thing is, today has been, I can't copy and paste and do stuff in Word, my Word is not working. I can't scroll in Facebook. Everything is freaking out. We could not get the orientation right, and it's not locked on my camera. Everything was right. We just couldn't do it. We shut down the phone, we started it up. It was not a blonde moment, I promise. There's something weird in the cosmos today. Yeah, the Earth is not in orientation with the sun or the moon. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. And so, anyway, but we're here now on my New Year's Eve, was absolutely... Oh, you were with David Steinberg. I was with David Steinberg. He's like my secret boyfriend. I know. He, he's my boyfriend. He doesn't know it yet. But, 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 and his lovely wife, and Robin is a doll. She's my secret girlfriend. There you go. And, uh, and, you know, David, I, I worship David. Uh, I, I still do. I did when I was a kid. I used to watch him on, you know, on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson all the time. I believe he was on Ed Sullivan. I believe oh, it was on, Yeah, everything. he was on Ed Sullivan. He, he was had on his own show that the Castles were oh, on. Oh, God. And I think, wasn't he on That Was the Week That Was? Or am I getting that wrong? Oh, but he, I, yeah, he was on He was on every, and I love, and whenever he was on anything, I had to watch because I'm such a fan. And he's so smart. And the thing that I love about David is when you sit there with him and you talk about anything, everything he says is funny. He is smiling all of the time. So he just is, he's just a happy, he's just lovely. And is he always funny? He's always funny. Oh, I'm saying he can talk about the, the bread and it's funny. <laughs> and so then I'm sitting there between him and Richard Benjamin and forget about it. And Paula Prentice looked gorgeous. And, and, and uh, Sally Kirkland was at the party. It's Henry Jagham's annual uh, fete. And it is absolutely the most wonderful party. And there's a bunch of women who write women that were there. Lorna was there. Do you guys party till dawn? Do we? We Rick, do not Rick. party till dawn. Oh. Um, after all, anxiety, pretty much everybody checks out. It's right. old Hollywood. It starts early. It's like we're 60. Yeah. So, so um, but anyway, it was a great time. It was, a, it was a, great, a great way to ring in the new year. And uh, it was really lovely. And, um, and I also... Uh, I'm leaving a bunch of stuff behind in 2017 oh. and taking a bunch of new stuff with me in 2018. Okay. And I talked about it. You're repacking. I'm, re I'm, I'm, I'm repackaging. Okay. Ah, I'm ah. repackaging. Okay. So I talked about it on Facebook yesterday. I actually read a piece that I wrote about it, but just mm -hmm. off the cuff for anybody who wasn't with us yesterday and for you because you weren't with us, you were doing your podcast. I have my own, yeah. Yeah. We miss you at Women Who Write on Tuesdays. I know, I miss you guys. And uh, so anyway, we had an unbelievable day. Ed Asner was here yesterday, and I, I just have to tell you, uh, you know, he went from being the sublimely funny, um, and by the way, somebody asked him if he really hates spunk, and he said, no, he loves spunk. It's his favorite thing. And, uh, um, and he was spunky as hell. I told him my favorite part of the podcast we did with him was when you were looking down at your phone and he screamed, Louise! And he did. <laughs> he he, did. he, he scared me. Me too. He heckled at least... 
20 times yesterday. He was fabulous. No, but the, is that better than the time I panned down to his Uggs? <laughs> and yeah, and he was eating pizza and going oh, yeah. to the bathroom. It was all going and, on at Ed's. Yeah, so, and it was all going on here yesterday. And so both replays are on uh, my Facebook Live videos, uh, my Facebook videos, so check them out. They're, they're both archived. They're both incredible. And we also had uh, Sue Kalinske yesterday, who's hysterical, and Kiki Epson, also fantastic. Buddy Epson's daughter, she sings. Oh my God, she's so gorgeous and statuesque. Really? And, just a beautiful voice, a beautiful person. She did like a little Wizard of Oz tribute because oh. Buddy was supposed to be the Scarecrow. Yes. And then the Tin Man makeup uh, messed him up. And then uh, she did a, a little Joni Mitchell tribute. It was really beautiful. Everything was great. And um, yeah, that was that was delightful. And um, on uh, Women Who Write, July, uh, January, I'm in July now. I'm, I'm, I don't know where I'm going. January 30th, uh, Gregory Harrison. Ooh. Our gorgeous, so handsome. so handsome. He's my secret boyfriend. He, he, you are so, you are such a, you are a secret <laughs> slut. <laughs> secret Santa Luis is the secret slut. So, um, but Gregory was really, really special. Evolved Very special guy, and yeah. just an amazing human being. In fact, Ed Azar was talking, it loves Gregory. Yeah, he he loves spoke him. about it at the mm -hmm. thing and, and yesterday again. And um, yeah, it's going to be uh, an excellent day. And But let's be here, let's be now. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I'm sort of affirming for 2018. I, I was telling Jeremy uh, Stevens, my life coach, my mentor, that um, I was going to, I'm, I'm manifesting this year mm -hmm. that we are going to be on Facebook Watch. Okay. That um, a certain someone's going to be my boyfriend. Okay. That um, that I uh, know that I'm gonna have the love that I seek. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's another thing that I realized today that you know there are supposedly three answers to every question. Really? Yes. Not right now. Okay. Something better. But okay. I've decided there's also a fourth possibility. He's just an asshole, or she's just an <laughs> asshole because sometimes. That's that, just the way it is. Next book title. That, I. This is what I'm saying. He's just an asshole. He's just an asshole. So, but anyway, so I've decided that moving into the new year, Jeremy suggested that instead of manifesting, I allow. I allow the space. So I allow for the space. And, you know, he said to really live with it and embody it and really sit with it. And, and he said, pretend you're going to write a six-page paper on I allow. So I made it the, the Women Who Write Writing Challenge for this month. So every day for 30 days, we're going to at least have that in our consciousness. But also, I realized that manifestation in my life has happened because I've affirmed something over. Like from the time I was 16, I wanted to live in LA. Mm -hmm. And I talked about it all the time. And then it morphed to, I want to be bi-coastal. Mm -hmm. And I got to be bi-coastal for a dozen years. And I live in LA. You know, uh, um, I want to be bi-coastal again. I'm putting that out there. I want New York again as, as a half, because my girl, uh, uh, goes to school there and plans to stay. So I got, I got to be there. I got to be there part of it. And no, no, she's getting to a point where maybe she doesn't want me there so much, but I don't know. Um, but anyway, so everything we want is there for the taking. It's all there to be manifested. It's just giving it the space to happen. It's I get in my own way, right? I block myself. I sabotage myself. So it's about getting out of my way and saying, okay, I'm worthy. Bring it. Every day, come on, just bring it, bring it, and and it's also now um, something Dee Wallace has been trying to tell me for years. Mm -hmm. It's about really believing it. She's good, and I, I'll tell you, for the first time in a long time, it's been there's been a few dark years, but I really 
believe this. Mm -hmm. I believe this is my time. This is our time. Okay. That it's happening now. We're going. And, and, and the people that I want to be surrounded with are part of my world. Ross Mark, I love you. You are the man. You are my partner, whether you want to be or not. No, but I'm not going to force anybody to do anything. It's about having fun. I said to Ross, you know, I said, why did you give up personal management? He said, because it wasn't fun. But we are fun. We're always fun. But forget personal. You can be my producer. Whatever you want. Partners. I just, I want to take him with me because I adore him. And I want that. Those are the people I want in my life. You sick, Louise? No. Oh, okay. I want, I want, um, I want the people that support me and who I support around me. Um, people that are, are of like minds, that are about forward motion, that are about positivity. <laughs> I hate that word. But so surrounding myself with that and, you know. Are you negative about the word positivity? I am. I'm negative about the word positivity. That's exactly true. Okay. And, you know, I just, I have such amazing mentors. Anson Williams and Jeremy Stevens and Ross Mark and just all these, you, Louise Palanca, all these incredible people. And moving forward and, and friends that, that really nurture and really. And you have the two greatest kids in the world. And I have the two greatest kids in the world and they're healthy. Oh, yeah. Can we turn the camera around? Come around, come around, <laughs> come around, come around. The hey, we, we, Sam. Yeah, come, come say hello, because my daughter's like never in town, and she's here, and she's with us. This hello. is Samantha. This is my girl, Samantha Abelson, who is um, destined for superstardom on she's Broadway so stage. Talented. She, stop. <laughs> she is. Oh, stop. Yeah. So, so. Um, any anybody you want to give a shout out to? Say anything. You got anything on your mind? I'm putting you on the spot. Ryan Reynolds, if you're watching this, <laughs> yes. you, well, message me. You're going to have to fight me for him. Uh-oh, a mother-daughter cat fight. No, you can have Ryan. Even, I I, 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 you have permission to marry him. You're a good oh, mom. I think he's already married. All right, I'm out. Thank you, Samantha. <laughs> um, anyway, both my kids, Harry too, just um, blessed, blessed, blessed. Um, so into this new year we go, mm -hmm. and with it, um, I take you with me, mm -hmm. um, I take my kids with me, I take everything that I love and that, um, that feeds and nurtures my soul and I'm starting a, <laughs> I'm going for a consultation tomorrow, I'm starting a six week workout diet challenge thing where supposedly I can lose the 15 pounds, I'll let you know what happens after tomorrow. No more cleansing? No more cleansing. Oh um, I was talking about this yesterday and you weren't here but um, uh, my sponsor sent me this thing that Ann Lott uh, posted uh, over New Year's and she said, can we agree not to cleanse, not to diet, not to starve um, because it doesn't work. And yeah. then we just gave more weight. She said, what she's doing is she is setting a plate as if she's feeding the pastor of her church. Mm. What would that person eat? How would I set, would I put it in a bag standing over the sink? Would I give them, hand them a sandwich with a bag of chips? No, I, she said I would make a nice plate, it would be pretty, it would have healthy food on it, nicely proportioned. And then I'd say, why are you here? I'm Jewish. <laughs> there you go. So I'm not doing it for her pastor. Okay. I, I'm asking the question, what would my sponsor eat? And okay. he's a vegan. So, oh. But I want a little meat and a little fish still, a little okay. sushi. But what would, what would my sponsor eat if he were not vegan, but he was still my sponsor and still eating healthy? In other words, take care of yourself the way you would take care of someone that you really hold in high esteem. Hello. This, and this is it across the board. It's not just with what I eat. It's everything that I do. Would I want my kids to be around an abusive friend? Would I want them to have a crappy 
boyfriend, you know, partner who wasn't going to be nice to them? No. I want for me what I want for you. And that's new thinking. But I'm also, getting back to the D. Wallace thing, I am really feeling it this time. And I know that that's the difference. That's when manifestation happens. And she'll catch you, even your language. <laughs> She'll, yes. she'll turn you right around. She busted fast. me when oh, I when yeah. I said it wrong. Yes, yeah. and not bad, not cussing. She doesn't mind that. It's but that if I if I'm not in the right mindset and I'm using wrong words, she she knows it. So anyway, Louise, I'm, I, I you know I like there's credits to be had here, but I, I'd rather kind of do them with Steve. Mm -hmm. But um, but let, I'm gonna go to my notes. I, I don't I don't need notes. I have known Steve since 1986. I was uh, working the door at the Rock and Roll Cafe on Bleecker Street. And this blonde-haired, adorable, adorable guy comes walking so in. So cute. And we start to chat. And he, he had just come off working with Pure Prairie League, which I fucking love Pure Prairie League. Amy, oh my God. And, uh, and then he said, you know what, I've got a band. And uh, I booked him on the spot. I, I, I didn't have to hear. I didn't have to hear. Sometimes you just know. And I'm, I'm not an easy, people don't like get it by me. But you don't get in Pure Prairie League if you, if you don't got the goods. You got to be pure. You got to be pure. <laughs> So, so I booked him on the spot, and so through all the years, through all the clubs, Steve, Steve came and, and did all my jams, and, and, and did his original band, and then up until the press, and then did Women Who Write a few years ago, and we had trouble with the video that day, and it didn't get posted, but when it was time for me to launch my book, mm -hmm. um, don't, I don't even have a copy. Samantha, would you grab a copy, please? I never, I never... Plug my well, yeah, I do, but I forget to. Vicky, did you just almost say a sentence that began with "I never plug"? Yeah, well, yeah, that would be ridiculous, Ooh. right? I know that's exhausting. <laughs> but this is my book, "Don't Jump: Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll of My Fucking Mother," and um, by Random Content, Carl Reiner's Publishing Company, La Larry O'Flahaven. Thank you very much, my Why are we publisher. going over to Carl's house? Um, I, 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 um, I just spoke to George, his manager, and uh, we're working on it. So yeah, we're gonna, it, Carl's got four books that he's working on currently, or three or four, and as soon as they're done, we're going. He okay. told me he was in. So, um, but anyway, so when, when we had the book launch for my, for my, when we had the launch party for my book. Oh, that was fun. And it was fun, and yeah. I wanted a jam band, and who'd I go to? I went to Steve Postel. Steve! And did Steve put together a jam band? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Dan Navarro, um, Danny Cart... Uh, Korchmar, the cooch was there. Oh, yeah. um, just like incredible players were playing and uh, doing what they do. And uh, Steve has his own. Okay, so I always get the name of this wrong. Wait, I'm going to get this right this time. Because I always say Friday night. It's not. Wait, wait, wait. He's sitting right there. Uh, wait, but I'm I, I want to get this right. Um, it's called the Night Train Music Club. Okay. And um, so uh, the cooch is in it and Leland Sklar, and But like all kinds of people sit in. Uh, from David Crosby to Jim Messina, and Steve is also a producer and has just produced uh, Danny's new CD and Dan Navarro's new CD. And in fact, um, we're going to have a day of Steve Postel at Women Who Write. Really? And he's going to bring the two dance. Ooh. And we're going to have like an amazing music fest with all this new music that Steve's produced. Wow. So um, he's, and on this stuff that he's produced, it's featured players like Jackson Brown, Michael McDonald, David Crosby. He's worked with everybody. And everybody, you know what? I was just telling this to Harry. When people are picking who they're going to work with, mm -hmm. it's not just the talent and the intelligence. It's how easy are you to work with? How nice are you? And when you 
when you put all of those factors together, Steve's at the top of that it's, list. It's who can you hang with? Who can you hang? Who do you want to spend time with? You have to be great. You have to be but great. Then, you have to be great, but a lot of people are great. Yeah. A lot of people are great, and then there are also those before mentioned assholes. So we can't have any of that. No. So if you want great, you go to Steve Postel. So anyway, so it's my pleasure and my privilege. And we're going to say goodbye to Louise. We're going to hop back behind the camera. Thank you, Samantha. And uh, I'm going to welcome Steve Postel. Yay! Yay, Steve, I love you. All right, come sit down. So come be comfortable. And I'm, and I'm welcoming you to the show. So I, 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 uh, we took a few pictures before the show. And uh, I'll post them later. I said, okay, Steve, smile. And so then I look at the pictures and Steve's. And as Steve smiles, that's me when I'm smiling. So it's that rock and roll, but you're smiling now. But it's the rock and roll smile. Like, you know how to smile. Well, I can't do it on, on cue. That's the problem. <laughs> when, I, uh, when I interviewed um, Eddie Ojeda from Twisted Sister at my mother's house, I was try he was smiling like crazy. And then we'd go to take the picture, and there was not one picture with a smile, no matter what I did. And then I got one picture with a smile by accident, and he didn't want me to post that one. It's bad for our reputation. <laughs> so, so, so what is that? No, I'm just I just I'm not a good actor. So if you say if you say smile, I just can't do it. <laughs> but there's a lot that you can do. So uh, okay, so let's talk about that. Wait, I'm I'm, I'm checking the shot to make sure that uh, that we we've got the light. Louise is so good. We're, we're so blessed to have these people. Okay. Oh, that's a great shot. Okay, so. So let's go back to the beginning. So you're a little kid. As, as a matter of fact, I believe that you and your sister, um, Suzanne, okay, she, you both don't use Postel or you don't spell it the same. Something's weird about your name. What's the thing? When the, the actual spelling is P-O-S-T-E-L. Which is how I keep spelling it because right. I knew you then. And um, no one pronounced it right. How'd they pronounce it? Postel. Ah. Which is sort of what it looks like. And uh, and I was doing a radio show with Kinky Friedman, who was the other guest. Love Kinky Friedman. Like, in the 70s. Right. And the guy said, Postal. And I went, that's it. I'm adding an L. <laughs> At least there's a shot. They'll say Postal. Ah, uh, that's, you know, when they see my name, they say Abelson without fail. Oh, now, no. I don't really understand that. But anyway, I'm not changing the spelling of my name. So, but, but doesn't Suzanne say... Does she spell it differently? Yeah, one out. Oh, she uses one out. Okay. So anyway, so I believe you guys went to Dalton in New York, mm -hmm. which is where um, uh, uh, Samantha's dad. Uh, I think they were in the same class. And yes, and Suzanne and Gabe were, were classmates. So, okay, so you're in school and you have a very creative family. Your mother is an incredible artist. Still. I, I love the fact that you uh, post her, her paintings. So she's 93 and paints every day. Wow. Wow. Plays the piano, just bought her a piano, another piano, and yeah. Plays that her. is, you know, that, so we should, we should like introduce her to Carl Reiner. She's awesome. Yeah. They, She's they, single? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yes, yeah, since my dad died. <laughs> oh, single. I'm sorry. Okay, so, um, so you grew up in the, what did your father do? He was a surgeon. Okay, wow. So, okay. That's where I got the hands from. I was going to say, that's a very creative, because oh, yeah. you have to be really talented with your hands to yeah, do that. Yeah, he had great, he taught, he, he's one who taught me to always wear gloves when I work on stuff. <laughs> so if I'm so you don't mess up your hands? Yeah. What kind of surgeon was he? Uh, he specialized in, um, originally he did general surgery and then he became a specialist in uh, melanoma uh -huh. and in um, breast cancer. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, OK, 
okay, so your dad had the hands. I'm not going to take a chart. Your dad, that's okay. Your dad had the hands, as did, does your mom. Mm -hmm. um, how did how did music come to you? Well, I think it's one of those things where I don't have an explanation. I was, except that from from my earliest memories, mm -hmm. I was completely fascinated with the guitar. So if I saw someone. I remember the earliest memory, I was five years old, and the guy was playing guitar in Central Park. And I just made my mother take me over there, and I just stood and watched him. Were I you, still remember that. Were you a, are you a savant? Like, could you play right away when you picked one up? I could, I could, I'm not, I could play, yes, I never had a problem, I never had the thing, and I've talked, where I couldn't press down the notes, and so I could, I could play in and the how, sense of, And yeah. the ear? Like, uh, did you have lessons right away? Yeah, I, you yeah. did. Okay. I begged them, begged them that people said I was too small. What's how old were you when and you started? And then when I was eight, they got me this wonderful teacher named Richard Nieves, who was a wonderful, beautiful. I was very lucky because he was um, he was the perfect guy for me. He was a Broadway gypsy, and he played the wow. flute, and he sang, and he played flamenco, and he, and he played folk music, and so he kind of he played classical guitar, of course. So from the first day. I was doing all of those things. I was wow. singing. The first thing we learned a little classical. We learned to read. We learned to sing. Uh, and he, he had. A, and years later, we had a duo together. Really? Oh, when I was thirteen, I started gigging with him. That's great. How were you gigging when you were thirteen? You know, we, they let you I, in. I thought I was eighteen. Not in bars, though. No, no, no. In like a, a gallery opening. Or, uh huh. You know, That's really sweet. Yeah. Um, have you played with him in later years? I, I, I lost touch with him, which is a, I'm sad about because he was. A, it's why it all made sense to me, and it's why it was joyful for me. To... You know, this is this is another thing that I came into 2000. And, and Louise, please feel free to join in anytime. Yeah. Really, you you're allowed to, to talk back there. You're still part of the show. Um, another thing that I um, have decided to do in 2018 is to make sure that I tell the people in my life mm -hmm. that matter, that they matter and why. Yeah. And I, I sat my kids down on New Year's Eve right before I was going to a party with just the intention of telling them that I love them and whatever. And it ended up being this hour long missive of all the reasons that I love them and why. And I was sobbing hysterically. And I went to this party with red eyes and a red nose and my cheeks actually still burn. I, cr I cried so much. But mm. I, I really think it's powerful um, when people get on Facebook or they send me an email and tell me that something I've done has meant something to them. Yeah, it's a, it's a really special thing. I, I, I've actually, you know, he has no presence on the internet, which is strange. You've like, tried, I've tried, obviously. Like I, um, I what, probably, what's, what's his name? Richard, we call him Neves, but, but the real, he was... Uh, so, so, Nieves. shout out? Yeah, yeah, maybe somebody know? knows him. What's his name? Richard, Richard Neves, or Nieves, N-I-E-V-E-S. So if anybody else out there knows Richard... N-I-E-V-E-S. Um, let Steve know, because I, I love that. I, I was trying to track down my, my high school drama teacher who mm. actually changed my life. Mm. And I found her on Facebook and I sent her a private message. I even had, a, I paid the dollar because we weren't friends. Mm. She doesn't look at, she hasn't ever read it. It's been three years. Oh, she She's never seen it. it. And because she limits her page, I can't write on her page. And I've even, one person I went to high school with is friends with her, and I even contacted that person to try to get that. Can't do it, can't get through. But I, 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 I love, uh, I've found people, Andy Helfman Hay out there, um, I've known him since I was four, and he was my first boyfriend. 
found him on Facebook just by chance a few months ago. I said, well, what if he's on Facebook? You know, it's just crazy. Well, in the, the, you know, social media obviously has its very dark, its dark side, yeah. as, as we know. But for people in, I think especially in the arts, um, mm -hmm. what it's done for me is all the musicians that I've played with ever, wherever they are, Europe, or especially New York, mm -hmm. where we're from, or Austin, or, you know, we're all connected. We all know what we're doing. We stay in touch, and it's a and it actually it's a business wise it's good because mm -hmm. hey I'm going to Austin and then or wherever going to Nashville people know uh, we stay connected people think of each other for jobs they might not it's it's a very, so that part of it I find to be uh, has changed the the uh, it's landscape. changed everything you yeah. know for me I couldn't do what I do without Facebook first of all I refound all of you because of Facebook. Mm. Um, I found the musicians from Bleecker Street that I had lost touch with for 20 years because I was out of rock and roll and now I'm sort of back promoting music and using musicians in my events and, mm -hmm. and um, found, you know, uh, and it's how I get all the people who do women write, you know, the people, they write a book, I get them. And it's, it's, it's uh, people are accessible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some really huge stars, of course, aren't, but, but most of like artists. It. David Crosby loves it. Does he? He's on there. Yeah, every day. No kidding. I have to friend David Crosby. Sure. Sure. Oh, I didn't even know this. Okay, David, it's coming at you. He likes it. Um, that's really terrific. I actually remember, um, this makes me really sad, but uh, when Tom Petty first got on Facebook, mm. uh, we private messaged one night for about two hours mm. and just chatted. He was mm -hmm. like the lowliest. Yeah, he was, he was um, Yeah, it's just amazing. that, that Bruce Willis, when he got on Facebook, we, we chatted one night about the old China Club Jam days. Mm. And... and uh, yeah, it's amazing what can happen. Okay, so so you had this amazing teacher. Uh, you took lessons. You studied. Mm -hmm. yeah. w were you an avid? Uh, did you practice? Yeah, I didn't practice like the, there's different levels of because I I also I mean I was uh, growing up in New York when I did was it was just such a profoundly creative time in the mm -hmm. city, and I was attracted to all the arts, mm -hmm. and I was doing them all and had this illusion. Like what else? I painted and I drew and I took that in a dark room and I wrote and I wrote poetry and, you know. Wow. Um, so I had this illusion that, well, I can do all the arts. <laughs> and uh, whereas some people were like, I'm going to play the guitar 11 hours a day. Right. So I was, I was in a dark room and I, and I was taking pictures and I was writing and I was doing and painting and drawing a lot. Um, and uh, um, when I was 16, I was taking a painting class with mm -hmm. a, with an amazing teacher named Norman Raven that my mother studied with, mm -hmm. and um, and Bob Dylan actually was in this class. Oh, you know, just stop now. Bob Dylan was in yeah, your class. Yeah, in this little class of ten people, and um, okay, that's just insane. Yeah, and that's where he was learning to paint from Norman, and he was at a he was at a lull in his. He'd had a motorcycle accident. Uh, and what what of, year was this approximately? Seventy-three, something like that. Hmm. Uh, so he, so that's crazy. Right. Bob Dylan was in his art class. Yeah. You were, you were. Do, did you hear that? He was in his painting class. I don't have anything that cool to share. Other than <laughs> was he a good painter? He, I, I think he was, and I think he is. Some people don't. But anyway, the, the, yeah. so he was. Um, he was kind of in a lost period a little bit musically. Okay. And, uh, that wasn't the whole Christian thing, was it? No, that no, came later. And it kind of freaked me out. Like, I said, it's fine for him to be lost because he's got money and he's a. Mm. But 
if all I did was write these songs and what would happen, and it was that experience of being around him that made me go to music school and say, I better, better get this to be a, a craft and a trade. So if I have a lull in my writing or in my songwriting, I'll, I'll have the career in music. And uh, wow. I, mean, I think if I hadn't met him then, because he was, I, I met him right when I was learning everything he'd ever written and all that, and, and um, I might have just been a songwriter as opposed to become a, whatever you want to call it, a session musician and all that as well. But I, I kind of felt like he's, he can take two years and just paint, and, but I couldn't. So, and that's when I went to, went to Manus College of Music instead of a regular college. And so, at, with the objective of being able to be a session player, being able to have, be a musician? A musician could... all the time. If, if there was, if no one was signing me to write songs mm -hmm. or to be a songwriter or whatever, and, and uh, yeah, with the objective of having a full range of skills. skills okay, sets. that is crazy. Um, I, I would love for you to somehow get that story to Bob. Because of all the people that have been inspired to do all kinds of things as a result of him, that was a very personal connection. You were there together. It's not just that you, that for someone like me who well, admired him from afar. Years later, yes. I had an interac another interaction mm -hmm. with him about something else, and I said, you know, we, I was in a Norman's class, and of course, I, I was 16, I was in the corner. Right. Like I didn't talk. Yeah. I didn't, you know. And... Um, and so many people with someone like Bob Dylan do weird things with him, and he didn't believe that I could have been in that class because I, I would have been too, too, young. too young. So apparently he called, I found out that he called some people and said, this guy says he was in that class, and they said, yeah, that was Diana's son, and he was in there. <laughs> so, um, wow. Yes, because of course everybody claims connection to Dylan. Sure. Yeah, of course. Sure. Um, I had a heartbreak. I, um, I think it was when, yeah, Kenny Aronson was, was in... Uh, one of the rehearsal studios in New York, and they were, they were, Kenny was on the road with him for a while, right. and he said, come on up, you know, and, and at this time, and I'll introduce you, because Dylan was my god, and um, this was like in the mid-80s, and, and so I went up to the, I was in the elevator, and Kenny was at the door when it opened, and he said, go home, you don't want to meet him today, right. you know, there were just those days. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes. I, I, I would have risked it. But I'm, I guess I'm glad that he stopped me. There, there, yeah, meeting the heroes is a... I've, I've had a few of those experiences which which were great. And of course now I'm actually working with a lot of people who were. Can you talk about a couple of, of experiences that were that have been thrilling? Yeah, um, sure. I think uh, one of them, one of the highlights, I guess now it was about six years ago. So this band, so I have this project called Nitrine Music Club. Which is fantastic. If you have the opportunity to see them play, they're all, whatever incarnation you are, who, because there's just, I've seen Will Lee sit in with you guys. I've seen, just all kinds of people yeah. are constantly. Well, it's a, it's a rotating, I had a band for 10 years called Little Blue, and it was a wonderful band. Mm -hmm. um, we made some great records, we toured, we went to Europe, we, did, we played all the time. Matter of fact, we were, we were at the end, we were playing about 230 gigs a year. So wow, that's that was, crazy. That was a great... Uh, I think that was in the, um, in the period when I didn't know you. Yeah. Yeah, when we so, had lost touch, not that I didn't uh, know you. When I came out here, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the odds of finding four guys, I realized that all the people I played, everybody's on tour, they're busy. Right, they're, especially the cream of the crop. So I figured if I made a band where the only 
constant member was me, <laughs> I'd have more of a shot, at, you know. So that's what, anyway, so about five or six years ago, I got a, a slot at something called the Vancouver Island Music Festival, which is a beautiful festival mm -hmm. for Nigerian music club. Mm -hmm. And I put together, uh, that was great bands, Bernard Fowler from the Stones. Bernard does the opening song that I use on um, To Thyself Be True that Frank Hausen wrote. That's oh, my that? opener on oh. when we're in the studio. He's great. He's, and he, it was Bonda Shepherd was in that, and Leela Sklar, and Steve, oh. Steve Holly from the Wings. Who, you know, was Steve, with. yeah. And then the, so we, we were all set, and, we, it was, and then the guy who runs the festival said, you know, I know you've played with uh, some really great people and know them. Do um, you think any of them would want to come out? If, is, is a, I said, well, yeah, they're expensive. He goes, forget about the money. Do you think any of them would want to come out? At the time, I think they uh, were sponsored by a bank or something. Anyway. Oh, nice. I called uh, Crosby and said, there's this festival and the money is there. And, and he decided to do it, which was terrific. Um, the, oh, Albert Lee was in our band. Wow. But uh, I think one of the thrilling moments, aside from just the work I've done with David, was we did a duet. We did uh, Close Your Eyes, which is a James Taylor tune. Yes. And uh, with just David's son, James Raymond, mm -hmm. Leland, who played the part that he played in, with James, and just me and David singing. And that, that was a real high, high And high by David, he means David Crosby, yes. in case you missed that. Yeah. Um, just, just sitting there on, in front of 8,000 people with him singing this duet of a beautiful Jeez. song. But, you know, the whole thing was Wow. Great. Um, and this last record I'm working on was, has been a real... Thrill. Okay, so tell us who, some of the people that are on this record, which is crazy. Well, I, I, I connected, uh, when I was making my last record, mm -hmm. um, Nathaniel Kunkel mixed it, and Nathaniel is Russ Kunkel's it's son. Right. Oh. And, and we know who Russ Kunkel is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So through, so I went to the Troubadour mm -hmm. show to see James and Carol and, and all of them as a guest of Nathaniel's. And uh, I knew Leland... By James and Carol, I think he Sorry. means Taylor and King. Yes, okay. <laughs> and Leland, I already knew. Leland had played on my record. Mm -hmm. Leland, I just walked up to at Nam and I just said, I've always, he's been one of my heroes. Mm -hmm. And I said, by the way, you're playing on my record. My name is Steve Postel. Manifested. There you go. But, but he just like said, you're doing it. He and, didn't even know him. I love it. And he said, great. And did he know who you are? No. I just, I love it. See? That's all I'm going to try that with him. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so, and that night I met Danny Korchmar. And Danny Korchmar was. That's been a life changer for you. Was a, Danny was, and it was before I knew him, because Danny and, grew up with James Taylor. They grew up, they knew each other from. Oh, home. you mean kids? Pretty much, not not little kids, but yeah, they their families had homes in Martha's Vineyard. Oh, wow. So uh -huh. they knew each other from before high school. Uh huh. Danny played on oh. all those records. And the Carol King records and the Jackson, Jackson Brown, Brown records, records and 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 on and, and, and Glenn Fry and, and then he then he ended up producing the those great Don Henley solo oh, Don records Henley and he produced Brown. Billy Joel. And, so, but his but the he early thing Billy was Joel, yeah, he wow. a great record of Billy Joel. He became a really great producer. But Danny's so I met him that night. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of mutual friends. Uh, we ended up at a uh, New Year's Eve party mm -hmm. together, and of course when there's which wasn't primarily musicians. It was me and Danny were the two, and people were like, "You guys have to play." And there were. And that was the night you met. No, it was. Oh. It was soon okay. after. Uh -huh. Soon after that, that same year. So we uh, we played a couple songs, and uh, Danny said, "Wow, it's like we've played together forever." And I said, "Well, I learned 
every lick you ever play oh, on, on wow. every James Taylor record, so it makes sense that we can play together. And I had. I'd, I'd learned what James played, and then I would learn what Dan, then I would pick up an electric guitar and play what Danny played. Oh my God. And um, so we, we have a really nice connection. Anyway, moving forward, Danny became a big part of the Night Train Music Club. And um, so Danny, a lot of people know him, maybe that he produced those records, maybe that he played with these people. But Danny wrote a lot of these great songs. This, can you na please name a few of Danny's songs? He wrote Dirty Laundry with Henley, and he wrote uh, Honey Don't Leave L.A. for and, James and Taylor. What's and what's the Jackson Brown song? Somebody's, somebody's Baby. Baby. And Shaky Town. And, and, and New York Minute with Don. And oh. So he wrote all these great songs. So He's amazing. Uh, amazing songwriter, but they've always been done by these other people. Right. And um, and when we play, we do them. So he sings some of them, I sing some of them. So Danny got signed to a Japanese label, and I believe it's called Vivid, and uh, by a very cool guy, this guy Kaz, who put it together. Mm -hmm. And um, myself, Danny, and uh, Danny Fred Mullen produced it, and it kind of grew into. So the idea was, do all you do your hit songs. I love that. And do some new ones. Uh huh. And of course, because Danny's finally having this is his first opportunity. This is his first solo. Well, he did did it, but this is really yeah yeah. So everybody wanted to be a part. So the band was myself, Danny, and Whitey Wachtel on guitar. Who's amazing. Jim Cox on keyboards. Mm -hmm. And Russ Conklin, Lilo Sparrow's the rhythm section. Oh my gosh! And then, then we. I can't them. wait to hear this. So yeah. we went into Jackson Brown's studio and we cut the basic tracks, and they sounded great. And then Jackson Brown sang on a song. Michael McDonald sang on a song. David Crosby sang on a song. James Taylor's gonna. I have the honor that James Taylor's gonna replace one of my guitar parts on the record. Wow! <laughs> is, he gonna, is he gonna sing also? I, at this point, he's. They're flying okay. out there. He's. Yeah. He's gonna play. We'll see what he wants to do, but he'll be on the record. And he'll, oh. he'll play uh, Machine Gun Kelly, which I played in his style in case he wasn't available. Okay, so. this is going to be... And when is this coming out? In uh, March, I believe. March. And what's the name of the CD? Is it named? I think it's going to be called Honey Don't Leave L.A. Okay, so I'm, I'm throwing this out of nowhere, and you're not prepared for this, and it's okay if you say no, but can you play one of, one of Danny's songs for us? Um, one of his hits? You don't have to if you don't want to. I've heard you play them. I've yeah, heard I, you I, sing I, them. Um, maybe, maybe, I mean, you know, I, I'd have to think about which one. Okay, so, 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 roll it in the back of your mind while we're, we're yeah. chatting, mm -hmm. and, and oh. at some point, uh, we'll... I thought it. you were going to say, oh, Wallace is on my mind, can all of those people come over? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're, we're going to get as many of them as Steve can fit in the living room when the CD comes yeah. out to promote the, play, the I'll play a piece of one. Okay, play a piece of one. Like, okay, oh, okay. Cool. Somebody's Baby is like my... I've heard you sing that one a bunch of times. Yeah, let's, let's find... Uh, oh, but play whatever makes you happy. Because whatever you play is going to make me happy. That's for damn sure. Um, you have to come with me and, and hear, hear his jam band. They are I, just amazing. I train Music Club. Yeah. They're amazing. I'm there. Yeah, it's always amazing. Well, you heard them play. They played it um, at the Federal for my book yeah. launch. Yeah, that you know, was why he's in my movie. Oh, Waddy's in the Castles movie. Yeah. Oh, Waddy right. was very close with Bob. Very close with the Castles growing up. Yeah. From Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's play a little of this. This is one of my... Oh, wait, before you do, yeah. what's the, what, somebody asked what, what this guitar is. Oh, this is called Rockbridge. Okay. And um, they're, they're gorgeous, incredible instruments. This was custom made. I had a, wow. I had a request 
for this size and this, these woods. Um, Granny Brian Yeah, I wanted a, a I parlor, parlor guitar. Uh -huh. And um, I'm trying to get a pick out of my pocket. I have to stand up. Um, they are out of Virginia. Yeah. And um, yeah, Jason Mraz plays them, and, and Warren Haynes has them. They're, it's it's a, beautiful. It's a stellar guitar. Beautiful rendition. Um, okay, so okay, so let's backstep. So, so that so you asked me a great yeah. This whole project has been like just being in the studio with those guys. Unbelievable. Um, having Jackson come to my studio and sing and and Michael McDonald we did the other day and it was it, it was just so <laughs> thrilling because it's uh, you know and I don't mean to sound like the old guy who said it was great back then. But it was great back then. <laughs> and, and you didn't get to be one of, like on top if you weren't great. You didn't. Now, many people are on top. They sell many records. They're not good at they really Is it good. because of the electron? It's because of what's possible? I think it's, I think it's because uh, you had to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. There was no faking it. There was no... You had to... You know, you had to get the tape, you had 24 tracks, and before that 16, and before that 8, and that's it. And mm -hmm. you were burning up tape. And um, mm -hmm. so, and and it was, there were a lot of reasons why. But in terms of the uh, the sheer talent, you had to have to, to show up and do it. And to work with these guys up close. Mm -hmm. And see that they're really, really special. It wasn't luck. It wasn't marketing. Okay, so let's talk about what makes somebody special because that's the, I don't. I didn't even get into it with you, but the road taken, celebrity maps of success is basically what Louise and I used to do when we were 
in the studio in the old days is we would, uh, after we would finish with the guests, with you, we would then sit and we would discuss what we thought your tools were for moving forward. But now we've kind of morphed to, just tell us, just tell us. So what, what is it that makes these special people special? What, 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 what characteristics would you credit them with? Well, there's a, it's, it's a big question, but one yes. of the things particularly yes. in the, on this record that I've noticed, I know it anyway, being that close, is that the, when any of those guys sing, mm -hmm. no one else in the world sounds anything like them. Yeah. So everybody was encouraged to develop as a purely personal artist. I just played a thing with Kenny Lovins. Oh. Sang as we did a. a did you do a, the Saban with him? We did an opening. We did okay. a, a gallery opening together, and, and we sang at a party and uh -huh. singing as well as he ever has. And no wow. one sings like that. Yes. And so the art and the artistry was was powerful. Mm -hmm. because, it, because that's all anyone cared about. Mm -hmm. That's what people cared about then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, John Lennon made a joke about getting more famous than God or whatever, and a lot of Jesus, trouble. Yeah. The objective mm -hmm. was to make great art. That was it. Mm -hmm. And so I think, and, and I also think there was uh, curiosity. These are all really smart, curious people who read books and, and are literate and have seen all the great movies and all the great art, you know, you go to Crosby's mm. house and there's art collections and a whole room full of thousands of books. And wow. So you put all that together and you get a, a you know, it, it's the difference between being famous and being an artist. Absolutely. They happen to be famous too. Um, is, that, there, is, there a, is, a, is there something uh, specific, excuse me for interrupting yeah. you, uh, about their work ethic? Or does that, is that not well, I, as I, much a part well, of the no, equation? Well, I, I mean, the... I went to. Um, I don't mean to sound like I'm not dropping names or things. No, these the, names. we want. We want. We want you to drop names. We I were, love uh, it. Um, Jackson and I have a mutual friend, mm -hmm. and years ago, we about 15 people went to Thailand at this beautiful home together. Um, so we're in, in this incredible place. It was New Year's Eve, and New Year's Eve we all played music, and then we were there for a week. Mm -hmm. um, it's this place is on the. The water is it's got an infinity pool and there's hikes and there's a, and every day though there was a period in the day where you could hear the closed door and Jackson was playing and writing songs like he so there's doesn't matter that he's in a beautiful place and, and that he doesn't have to do it anymore he's it doesn't doing matter it. how famous he is it doesn't matter how no, much money he's, he's got, got he's it. still got to do, do it. it I go to David Crosby he's like, I never every time it seems like look at this tuning I listen to this playing me new songs new ideas every time. He's wow. as excited about it, if not more, than he's ever been. Passion. It's about passion. And it's about passion, commitment. Um, and yeah. just needing to do it. And, and yes, and being, what's the, what's the word? There's a word. When you're driven, um, compelled. Com like being compelled. compelled and, and Petty was like that. And, and, and I think that, um, I think the impetus to do, one, there's one thing I had thought about the other, someone was talking to me about the other day that, one of the things that maybe has happened mm -hmm. is it's such a shitty business. It's the odds of making any money in it or even having a career are so low mm -hmm. that the same people who would have done it today are becoming like programmers or engineers. Like the same creative minds, these highly intelligent, sort of expansive minds, mm -hmm. 
may not choose to go into an art that is that is fucked <laughs> business-wise. Now, it's, I don't know okay, now I have, I have, I have, a, I have a, an opinion on that because money, unfortunately, has never been the thing that has driven me. Right? It is, for me, it is all about you know, doing women who write, doing the road taken, writing the book, all of this stuff is stuff I have to do. Right, but see, the, I, I agree with that. But it wasn't the money I'm talking about. What it was was that when I started playing music, if you were any good, you could go play. You could, there was a place to do right, it. Right. Now, these, I, I teach some kids, I know some of you, this, there's no, they can't even do it anyway. That, that's just hard. I mean, when, when we first met, the club scene in New York it was, was it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, there were dozens and dozens of, it was music yeah. coming out of every, every doorway. Door. Every doorway. And, uh, so it wasn't, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the thing of, I'm going to get rich. It was, oh, I'm going to get to do this. And I'm yeah. going to get to do it with a lot of people. Yeah. And we're going to get to do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Now you do it and you're kind of like, you sit in your room, in the room or rehearsing with your band. And, and then you got these clubs that go, yeah, if you pay us, we'll sell you 50 tickets. And try to sell them to your friends. I mean, so I think part of it is it's very discouraging. And I still think though that that true artists are not dis cannot be deterred. I hope so. I, I think true <laughs> art cannot be deterred. I think people that have to write, people that have to sing, people that have to draw, people that have to play, yeah. do it no matter what. I think so. But I think there's a there's a factor of uh, where, that practicality. Where I think that eventually it, it you know you. You do it. They, you do it, and then there's just nothing going on. You have to, by necessity, it becomes a hobby. Well, I think you might have to go do something else to make a living. But I, I, I think a true artist does not forsake his art, no matter what. And and I. I yeah, I I agree with that. I just I just know it's harder. Yeah, it's definitely. And harder. I know the that whole world is harder. Everything's the whole harder. Is harder. Everything is um, harder. They're not taken care of. Uh, you know, my first two managers were from the old school. It was like, don't do anything. Just go in that room. Here's a piano, and make music. You know, that was the when it, that was how it used to be. Like, you, wow, I never had that luxury, of you, Louise? No, <laughs> no. My mother would say, "Stop drumming." Yeah. And so, <laughs> but that was the old that was the old model. Mm -hmm. Like, artist is worth something, and the mm -hmm. people who ran the business respected that. They did respect that. They took care of, you know, there were problems. I'm not, I'm not mm -hmm. saying there weren't. But issues. in those days, there were record companies and records sold. And, there, you know, it wasn't like everything is streamed and people were getting music. And, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's a whole different world. A very different world. Yeah, so, okay, so let's, let's, let, let's go back a little bit before we move forward. Um, so, so you're painting. You have this this hit from Dylan. Oh my God! I've got to learn my my craft. I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to learn to do this. You have been able to be. You have been a working musician your entire life. Except you? for two weeks. What did you do for two weeks? I well I um. I got the show Vita. I think maybe before I met you on Broadway. So it had been on Broadway for a year. Yeah. The guitar player <laughs> went to another show. Uh huh. I auditioned, got the gig. What what year was that? It would have been 80, about 1980. Mm. So I got the show, and um, the, you know the, the musicians' union, the Broadway shows. It's a great salary. It's uh, it's a great gig. A, a David Mellish, I can't say his last name, but he did rent. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. great gig, and um, that was a hit show. So it was clearly, 
I had a good two years. Nice. Easily to, that I knew I'd have it. And I decided that I would, and I had to play four guitars. There was, I had to play a 12 string, electric, a nylon, and a steel string. So I went, well, I'll just buy four. Did you do it with Patty LaPone? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy! <laughs> so yeah, and and um, what's his name, Mandy Patinkin. Oh my God! Yeah. So I went out and bought four guitars. Okay. Spent all my money because I was starting that Friday. Right. And then they called and said, the other show's not starting for for three weeks, so we're going to postpone your start for three weeks. And I just spent literally oh. emptied out my oh. my bank account, and I didn't. I had like ten dollars. And it was only, it's now. So my initial response was, hey dad, uh, <laughs> I only have $10. Can you lend me some money for three weeks? But I said, you know, what would I do if I couldn't call my dad? Mm -hmm. And um, I thought about, I had, a, I had a car, I had a Volvo station wagon. And I said, well, I, I take this car service all the time when I go to the airport. They were up on 106th Street in Broadway. So well, I drove good. my car up to Carmel Car Service. I used Carmel for years. Six 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 six. Yeah. That was the number. <laughs> and I, I walked in, and the guy calls me from the back of the room. He goes, "I think I was the only white guy in the, in the whole room." And he goes, "What kind of car do you have?" And I said, "A Volvo." And he goes, "Here, go to the airport." So I, <laughs> so I, I drove for them for two weeks. That was my one job that I had. That's really cool. Oh, my mother wants me to drive for Uber yeah. in between. Um, so, I, so, I I, so, this is that. Other than that, yes, I've um, Major I just, is a I just, I just played music. Okay, so, so where did it start? What was your first professional gig? The first gig was was also, you know, a lot of this business is, as you know, is like something just pops in front of you. Right place, right time. Right. Know so, who you know. So I was at Manus Music College, mm -hmm. and at the time, uh, they were very. Pure and would you know the only music that was real music was classical, mm. but I wanted to learn some other music, mm -hmm. so I was studying sort of jazz and theory guitar with a guy named Myron Weiss, another guy I can't find on the internet. I'd like to find you, Myron, Myron Weiss. Weiss. Anybody know Myron Weiss? Give a shout out. I'm I'm, I'm refreshing. Good. Louise, tell us if anybody comes up on the thread and knows Myron. Okay. Okay. So so I'm um, so Myron was. A, an incredible guitar teacher. He mm -hmm. had a, there was a, there was a guy out here um, named Ted Green who was very famous for not really wanting to go out. He had this little play and he was a brilliant teacher and a lot mm -hmm. of great people. And Myron to me was the New York version of that. Mm -hmm. He wrote, hand wrote the book that, that we played. And um, so he didn't want to go on the road. He didn't want to do, he, he just, he didn't really want to even gig too much. He, mm -hmm. he loved this teaching thing. Uh, so I'm in the room, and I could really play. I was already doing classical concerts and stuff, but I was learning this stuff. His phone rang, and he said, let me take, the, there was no phone machines. You know, you right. pick up. And he went, oh, wait a minute, hold on. He goes, do you want to go on the road with a Man of La Mancha? <laughs> I went, sure. I was 19. Wow. And uh, he went, yeah, I got the guy for you. So oh. I quit Manus and went on tour with, because he he had done the the New York version with um, at Lincoln Center, but he didn't want to go on. The, none of the guys wanted to go on tour. I happened to be sitting in the room. I don't know that he would have thought of me if I wasn't taking a lesson. 
But you know, every, I believe everything happens when it's supposed to, and it's time. We're always we're exactly where we're supposed to be all the time. And that because once I was in that world, mm -hmm. it led to the shows and sessions and and move, you know led to all these other things. So tell us some of the other stuff you did. So Avita, you did Man of La Mancha. What else? What I did a bunch of shows. I, you know, I did uh, a Sanheim. I, you know, a lot of shows that you know most shows don't make it to Broadway. Right. So so I would do shows at the Joseph Pack Theater and you know so for about eight years I did pit work uh -huh. and session work okay um, and, and what kind of session stuff were you doing at the beginning mostly jing like jingles because mm -hmm. uh, I know Will Lee is like the most sessionist bass player like in the world yeah. right he does yeah. like more and he, and he was in the heyday of it um, yeah I was doing uh, cable had just started mm-hmm and some of us figured that there was no there were no um, union provisions or, mm -hmm. or, or so you could you could they were just contracting people out. Mm -hmm. So rather than compete with the guys who were doing all the union stuff, mm -hmm. me and some friends of mine were, were were doing a lot of content for the early cable. So I did a Coca Cola High School Sports Week and scored that with my friend Joel Derwin and that was a Greg so Greg Gumbel was the host, but it was. They didn't have to pay royalties. They didn't have, but I was fine with this. So I was doing a lot of that kind of stuff. So, and I should mention that Steve's also a composer, which we didn't really, because songwriting and composing, we really got into that with Steve Dorff when he was here. It's a very different, very thing. different thing. And yes. because I had the classical background, mm -hmm. um, and maybe also because I've been such a movie buff, the scoring thing. I just scored a film that just went to Netflix. A beautiful film uh, called Dying to Know, about uh, Ram Dass and Timothy Leary. How um, cool! It's a great Robert Redford uh, narrated. Wow. That's not bad company to keep. Yeah, so, uh, and what else have you scored? Um, the the, only, the feature that I scored that came out many years it was called um, Jumping at the Boneyard. It was the first film that Samuel Jackson was in. Timothy Roth. They were all new. They, they uh, Alexis Arquette. It was their first movie. Um, Ow. And, uh, that was Hi, Stacy. My friend Stacy's very good friends with the Arquettes. Oh my God! Uh, Alexis passed away. Yes, yeah. I know. But um, um, was was that before Alexis was? Yeah, he was. He was. Mm -hmm. a, he played the the drug addict lead. It's a very cool little wow. movie. And then a lot of things in between the short films and things. Mm -hmm. like, again, when you in this business, you know, there's ten percent of things you do that people know. Right. And then there's all the other stuff that keeps you working. You know. Right. So, and it's the stuff that keeps you working that allows for all the stuff that people know. Um, so, what? So before you, I asked you, you know, if you had any great stories, and you you shared a couple. Has there been? Have there been any heroes? And you don't have to name them, but has there? Been, is there a story of somebody like a hero that you met that was disappointing? Yeah, of course. So, and like, can you tell us a story? Without mentioning the name. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> He'll tell us after when we go off the air. Sorry, everybody. It was only it was wasn't just funny in who well it's a, it's a good story I think it, okay uh, good so we good stories um, I'll tell you when he's not one of them so I got a call there was a, there's a you would probably remember this place called um, Stevens Talk House yeah of course right. it's a, it's still there it's yeah. a, it's a one of the great venues for uh, the singer songwriters mm -hmm. of 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 everybody of played no, everybody yeah and still does still mm -hmm. on the circuit um, and I started. So that band, my early band, which was sort of a, which was called Chain of Fools, which was kind of that's the band that played. At that's the, Rock the band Rock that played. Okay. Rock Rock. Mm -hmm. So we were. So what he would do is he would have a headliner, mm -hmm. with a high ticket price, uh -huh. and then he would have a, a rock band, 
to play late into the night, and uh -huh. it, and it was there was and we would play once a month. It was it was me, the Chain of Fools, Spin Doctors, Blues Traveler, and a couple others. Jesus. And we were, nobody was we were just all bar bands at the time. Wow. And um, uh, so he would call me to open for people. Mm -hmm. And I opened for Rick Danko and ended up playing yeah. with him. And I opened wow. for Richard Thompson. I opened, you know, just really cool people. Yeah, really cool people. Mm -hmm. And um, so I got a call to open for a real hero of mine. Okay. And uh, who I'd actually written a song sort of about. So I played the show, met him, very wonderful, and um, it went great. My, my set went great, especially I ended with that song, which was sort of a tribute. Did you get to tell him that it was a tribute song to him? I just, I told the audience. Okay. You know, he might have, it was the last song, maybe he was there, maybe he wasn't. Uh-huh. So it went really great. Okay. Audience love. A year later, the, the guy in the book, Stephen Talkhouse, called me and said, hey, that, that guy is playing again. You did so great, why don't you open again? This time I invite my family and friends. I'm warming, I'm warming up, I'm getting a sound check. And he comes and he goes, I, I gotta talk to you. I said, what is he? He goes, he saw you and he doesn't want you to open for him again. He didn't realize that you were the same guy as last year. He said, he's really sorry, but he said, you got such a big response and it made, him, it, made it uncomfortable for him to come out and start his set. So, I, so it was a very disappointing, and I didn't have the, I didn't know what to do other than just leave. That just gave me like the bad kind of goosebumps. So it was a rough. It was a. It was a. I think if it happened now, I go talk to him and say, "Look, I'm here. My family's here. You know, is it? Let's, you know." But I just like, I just literally backed up and left. So that was a very disappointing night. Not so much. I understood. Mm -hmm. Like he has a thing. Mm -hmm. And I and he didn't expect the opening guy. You know, I I people I got an ovation, and it does rock the boat. I've talked to people. That yes. you, you don't want to walk out after that. It's yeah. an insecurity, though. I don't think it's. I think it really is. It messes up the flow. But wait, it. This is somebody who was a hero of yours. Yes. I'm assuming this is somebody that the people came to see. Oh, absolutely. They paid their money for. Yeah. And then as soon as he plays his first three bars, yeah. they're yeah. going to forget that no. you ever uh, existed. They were going to forget me. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that is insecurity. I mean, it, it, that's ego. Whatever that, that's, that's Yeah. Whatever it was. That, that was one of my stories of, of when it wasn't so great. <laughs> wow. All right. So, fortunately, I'm, I, I'm hoping there were less of those stories and more of the good ones. I've been so pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Is there anybody you can tell us that was a pleasant surprise? A surprise? Well, I just... I, the, the one after the other, as I meet mm. the... Uh, the people that I feel were legendary guys, and, mm -hmm. and they're just, you know, they're fantastic people. They're, they're. Uh, I remember when, you, when I saw you a couple of weeks ago. I, I I was with Steve on um, the night before Christmas Eve. We were at Ricky Lee Jones's house, mm -hmm. and that ended up being an incredible jam. That, was fun. that uh, Ricky sang and, and Alfred Johnson and um, who. Uh, um, um, I didn't know a couple of the people. Yeah, well, Jeff Young and I. Jeff friends. Young is mm -hmm. amazing, and he's yeah. been Jackson's keyboard player forever. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff was, and uh, Kelly, Kelly, um, the the guy who was singing with the hat. His name is Kelly. Oh, you found Kelly Huff. Yeah, and he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a really fun night. Yeah. Um, but I remember you saying to me that night that I guess it had just happened, but you said that you had just been in the studio with Michael McDonald, yeah. and that what an incredible 
experience that was. Yeah, he, he's he's a beautiful guy, mm -hmm. and and his he starts to sing, and it just you just start <laughs> you just start jumping up and down. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's a that voice. It's a world class talent, and there's something about hearing it right there. I can't even. I'm like, whoo! And it's really it's happening in real time. It's not on the record, or right? Yet. And it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. But, but more than that, it's, you know, I think when, when we were doing it, it was just me, Danny, and Michael, and then the engineer, and my friend Alan Kozlowski was filming it, just for the record company. Mm -hmm. um, at that moment, we're all music, we're just all musicians. Yeah. We're making music. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there's no, and again, I know there's some, there's a few that aren't like that. There mm -hmm. are some, you know, there are, in our business, there are narcissists who aren't that nice to their musicians and mm -hmm. stuff. That exists for sure. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, this particular the crowd of people that I've been able to to interact with is none of that. You know, there's ex eccentricities, but but uh, it's it's people who take the music very seriously, love it, and mm -hmm. are interesting people, and you know. Um, and it just keeps growing because the people I keep meeting people and 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 it grows and and uh, it's it's and then you have like fifteen more people to invite to 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 do uh, the Nitrate Music Club. <laughs> so so okay so let's we're we're gonna come come around. Is there anything that you can think of off the top of your head that you can offer for musicians, artists in general, starting out in this? world as it is now, um, what would be your wisdom as to how to approach trying to make it work at this stage with the way things are now? What's the in well, now? I, what I think, and I feel pretty strongly about this, we, we live in a, the, the cult of personality has just taken over. And so, so the thing that people look up to is fame. Mm -hmm. Which is a, yeah. an absolutely terrible thing to aspire to. <laughs> For one thing, the odds are almost zero. Right. They're really zero. Right. They're just about zero. And it doesn't do anything for your development. It has nothing to do with art. Nothing. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, but what I do think is even with all this bullshit in our world, true talent often arises. Why is Chris Stapleton so big right now? Why was his record one of the top four and his tour selling of the, of the whole year last year? He's a big guy with a big beard and a hat. Why is it? Because he's so damn good, period. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's not a hustler. Mm -hmm. He doesn't market himself. He's just so damn good, Yeah. period. Mm -hmm. So be good. Be good. I, you know, somebody else told us that. I can't remember who it was, but somebody else said, "Just be good." Yeah. Be no. good. Not just, but so, be good. So, if you love your art mm -hmm. and be and 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 honor. Now, when it comes to there's a, we, you still you can sit in your house and do that. Right. Then nothing's going to happen. Right. So, this these. Kids know a lot more about this social media crap than I do. Mm -hmm. I don't even. I won't even. I refuse to do Twitter. I, I won't, you know, I, I, I'll do. I do Facebook. <laughs> That's <laughs> as far as I can go. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but the kids, you know, you can be very savvy about getting your, making content, making art, and getting it into the world. This, you know, this has not come up before, but I was just having this conversation with Harry. My son is a, a broadcast journalism major, and he had his own um, sports show on Dash Radio, and then Dash kind of changed their, and he did. And I said, you know what? Just like we do this, just start doing your own just show. Do just do You see how I'm, just, we got the equipment, just do your own show. Just you, be good and, and do it. And then get it out there. I mean, and it works for all ages. Look at Mark Maron. Yeah, uh, it, exactly. He's a great garage. example. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He, he was not doing a lot. Um, he was always doing stand-up. He but, was always doing his stand-up, but, but he definitely created that. I he didn't did know it. He was. Yeah, he, he made it happen. And, uh, but, he made it happen. And, and, and there's many examples mm -hmm. of yeah. ways to... So that's the secondary, but that has to be secondary. It has to be secondary. And so many young people, it's... it's, 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 it's What's secondary is the art. What's, I see. what's primary is the social media, getting the word out, promoting themselves, and then the secondary part is the art. And very few of them are going are gonna... to... Okay, so here, we're, the words of wisdom are, the art comes first, be good, and then get it out there and do all this stuff. And get I it out that. there constantly. And go, and go out there and meet, you know... The, the network. You, gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta, you know, I don't always want to go to everything I go to, like, but... <laughs> Almost every time I do, I meet somebody. Every time. I mean, I, 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 there was a nice event up in Santa Barbara for New Year's Eve, and it was a long drive and all this stuff, but friends of mine were up there, and musicians I knew. Um, and I met this wonderful artist that I'm going to use in, on, in my video. I've been looking for a certain kind of person. Mm -hmm. Met them. It, it, I can't think of a time when I have gone to an event like a jam, a party, that I don't meet somebody that I end up booking for women who write or even that night at Ricky Lee's I found like yeah. four people well, that's why I'm doing this yeah, yeah. Right. that's right and I saw Steve there and that's when I said oh I need someone for January 30 he was like I'm in book it yeah. it's, that's right that's exactly so what happened if I hadn't happened. gone there we wouldn't be sitting here exactly so you have to do that there you go the wisdom is here it's, we're living the wisdom we're <laughs> living the advice I love that alright so you've got two CDs coming out you've got Danny CD three. Oh, okay so tell, well, tell well, us what they are more but the, th the three that are almost done Holy shit, got more. And, so, and work a lot. Work a lot. Work that a also lot. helps. Well, have a... The work ethic is important. Yes. Uh, stay off social media when you could be writing a song or practicing guitar. That's the part that I have to work on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really limit that because I could. I know I could be practicing. But anyway, so Danny Korsman's record is... Uh, Nico Bolas, a very incredible engineer, maybe finished mixing it. I think we'll go up and tweak it, so that's almost done. Dan Navarro's record we've been working on for over four years. Dan is uh, we did that wrote the Pat Benatar song and we uh, along and, and, and yeah. was part of Lo and Navarro. This is his first solo record. We just finished mixing that. That is a beautiful record. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, Dan's been in the living room a couple of times. Yeah, I'm excited. Great. And it's a really great record. Excellent. And then, and then my record is uh, also almost ready to mix. Um, and what's that about? The, your record. What's it about? I mean, like, who's who's playing on your record? Um, it's it's a lot of the you know the bass players. I mean, are Leland Sklar, Bob Glaub, and Alfonso Johnson. <laughs> and the drummers are Russ Kunkel and <laughs> Michael Jerome and <laughs> Steve DeStanzlo. Mm -hmm. And uh, Danny Kortsmar. I played. I do play most of the guitars, but I also have Greg Leese, who's a who's playing with Jackson now, is a world like one of the top pedal steel players in the world. A lot, a lot of 
Jeff Young's on. I mean, it's it's a lot of people. So um, so to go out today, can you uh, can you play us one of your new songs? Um, I don't want to throw you a curveball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever you have sure. planned, but. I'd love to hear something that's going to be on your new CD. Well, the first one I played is on a new CD. Loved it. Um, What's it called? That song, what did I play? Oh, Walking Through These Blues. Beautiful song. Um, let me think what else. So before you, so yeah. before you play, I'm just going to say that because we're going to go out with music. So um, so thank you so much for doing this, Steve. It Thanks was, for having it me. Was an absolute joy. And uh, for all of you out there, um, happy, healthy new year. Allow for everything wonderful to come to you and it will and uh louise palanker thank you easy thank you vicky and uh i love you all thank you so much and we'll see you uh next wednesday on the road taken with um doug herzog doug herzog is the guy who was sort of running the whole mtv deal um he's uh he's amazing and has discovered a lot of talent and produced a lot of talent, and um, that's going to be a really interesting conversation from the other side. Um, And uh, I could use a lot of that input and wisdom. So we'll see you then, and we're going to go out with Steve now. This is on the new one. I was was trying to think of the... I forget what's on the new and the old. This is on the new one. What's it called? It's called Buried Stone.
Um, uh, okay, we'll see you next week on Round Taken. Good night.